Welcome to the podcast of Medora Pentecostal Church. We are a growing community of believers committed to bringing hope and building lives. We pray today's message is a blessing to you. so honored, so blessed to uh, be here one more time, share one more time in our study about the Holy Ghost, the Holy Spirit, and the importance, the necessity, the phenomenon of Pentecost. It all began in an upper room in Jerusalem. Amen. And uh, we're going to continue. Let me, let me start my, my motor. Let me turn my my doohickey off so I won't be ringing or something while I'm trying to talk. It says start, so I start. There it goes. I added five more minutes from last week, and I had added five minutes from the week before to that week, so who knows, next week maybe in order to finish the book we might have to add an hour, but uh, no, just teasing. But anyway, I want to talk tonight. I want to emphasize tonight. I know we only got two more studies. And I've been praying and uh, studying and thinking and asking the Lord for direction. Because this is a, to me, it's a vitally important subject. It is an abused subject uh, in the the religious world. Uh, There are people that, uh, I'm going to get off track here a little bit, but there's so much in the religious world that don't realize or accept the importance, the necessity of having a biblical Holy Spirit experience. Amen. They have a religious experience. They shake my hand, accept the Lord as Savior. That's it. But there's more to it than that. I want more than a handshake religion. I want more than just a good feeling. I want an experience that changes my life. Well, let me, I guess, rephrase it. I have an experience that changed my life and all that can. But anyway, tonight I want to emphasize why. Why we need the Holy Spirit. Why? Why the importance? What's it all about? God has purpose for everything that he does and everything that he requires of us. The apostles were not left on their own to decide, what am I going to preach tonight? What are we going to teach all this? He's gone now, so it's up to us as to what we do and what we teach and how we teach it. The Lord didn't leave it that way. Listen to what Jesus said in the book of John, chapter 16, beginning with verse 12. I have yet many things to say unto you, but you cannot hear them now. Albeit when he, the spirit of truth, is come, he will guide you into all truth. We need need more people to be guided and be willing to be guided. For he shall not speak of himself, but whatsoever that he shall hear, that shall he speak, and he will show you things to come. He shall glorify me, for he shall receive of mine, and shall show it unto you. All things that the Father hath are mine. Therefore said I that he shall talk of mine, take of mine rather, and show, shall show it unto you. So it's from the, from the apostles' writings that we have instructions and teachings, if you will, directions, if you will, as to what we must do in order to experience salvation, beginning with the apostle Peter, of course, the man to whom the Lord had given the keys to the kingdom, and so on. He he entrusted to them, he, uh, he imparted unto them the responsibility of establishing this church of which you and I are privileged to be members of. So the doctrine, the doctrine we need to study, the doctrine we need to accept is there in the book of Acts chapter 2 to get the experience. And then as to how we are to live and conduct ourselves, let's begin in the book of Romans chapter 1 and verse 1 and go through Jude chapter 1. And wherever, but anyway, uh, the message that was first delivered on that wonderful, notable day of Pentecost by the man who had the keys continues to be published, and it continues to be embraced by the church today. Just as Pastor read what Brother Namie said, 
of somebody in Cameroon who read it, studied it, accepted it, experienced it, and is going to baptize his church in this wonderful name. The Holy Spirit is, is Christ's agent, we may call it, speaking forth his will to the apostles as they establish the church on this earth. And the Spirit continues to speak to those who have ears to hear and a mind to obey. Seven times each to each one of the churches, the Lord said in Revelation 2 and 3, that uh, what, hear what the Spirit saith unto the churches. And I think that's the one, one of the things that is missing today in the nominal world and those who have not accepted Acts 2.38 as the plan of salvation, they're not listening to the Spirit. They're listening to Dr. Sounding Brass, a professor tinkling symbol, and their theories of theology. But we need, a, we need to hear the Spirit. We need to be led by the Spirit. Paul said in 1 Corinthians 2 and 9, I have not seen nor ear heard, neither have entered into the heart of man the things which God hath prepared for them that love him. What he's doing here is quoting an Old Testament passage because the Old Testament prophets were not privileged to be privy to you, what you and I are privileged to be privy to and experience. They only saw it at a distance and really didn't understand fully what they saw, quite frankly. Things that were hidden from the view of the people of the Old Testament, the prophets, while they prophesied of the future, when the blessings of Jehovah would come upon the people. But what they saw were blessings on the Jews. What they saw were the blessings on Abraham's people. They never saw the church. They never identified for the church because they were not church people. They were Abraham's people, and they were looking forward to the time when God would bountifully bless the people of Abraham. But Paul goes on into verse 10, the next verse, and saying this, But God hath revealed them unto us by his Spirit. For the Spirit searcheth all things, yea, the deep things of God. So, the church and those who are blessed to enter into this wonderful and unique fellowship and relationship with one another and particularly with Jesus Christ, we are privileged to experience through the Spirit things that were not revealed by the people of the Old Testament and the prophets. Even though there was an Elijah and there was an Enoch that walked with God and walked into heaven, they didn't see the church because the church was God's hidden plan, if you will. Uh, as Paul tells us in the book of Ephesians chapter 3. Now, this understanding of the, of the plan of salvation is not acquired through the studying of books, even if they are written by walls. They're not understood by, by that, but it's the leading of the Spirit, the, the impression of the Spirit upon them. It's the Spirit that opens our understanding of the things pertaining to the kingdom and the workings of the Holy Spirit. Now, I'm going to emphasize tonight, by the help of the Lord and don't run out of time. Nine reasons that we must have the Holy Spirit experience. Number one, we need sanctification. And that can only be acquired through the Holy Spirit, receiving the Holy. Paul in the book of Romans 15 and 16 said, I should minister, be the minister of Jesus Christ to the Gentiles, ministering the gospel of God that the offering up the Gentiles might be acceptable being sanctified by the Holy Ghost. You remember, maybe some of you, older, us older ones particularly, can remember the time when uh, maybe particularly among the colored folks, they would say, I'm, I thank God that I'm blessed and sanctified and filled with the Holy Ghost. Well, that's not a separate experience. If you're blessed, you have the Holy Ghost. If you're sanctified, you have the Holy Ghost. Amen, but anyway. The act of sanctification speaks of something or someone who has been set apart, which is what the word means. In the book of Leviticus 8 and 10, we have the example there where uh, Moses anointed and set up, or God set apart uh, Aaron from the tribe of Levi. The Bible says in verse 10 of 8, uh, Leviticus, Moses took the anointing oil, anointed the tabernacle, and all that was therein, and sanctified them. That is, they were set aside for God's purpose. We are, I guess, Paul used the word boast, so I guess we can boast in the sense that we are uniquely blessed to be a part 
of the church, not a church, but the church of Jesus Christ, that which he purchased by his own blood. Now, this again, this term uh, sanctified, using in the Old Testament, speaks of, again, let me use his term or one of the uh, commentators or translators, interpreters, speaks about those that have been consecrated, appointed, dedicated, again, set aside. If you have the Holy Ghost, I tell you what, I know we do, but maybe we don't do it enough sometime to thank God. Thank God we're in the church. Thank God he's filled us with his spirit. Thank God we know God's truth. And that's not in a braggadocio way, but that's boasting in the spirit, in the Holy Ghost. I'm so glad I'm not in the world. I'm so glad I'm in church. Amen. In fact, the very term church, as you know, the Greek term ecclesia means called out ones. Are they called out? Called out, called out. Some of us, like myself, uh, at least for some time, uh, are one of the few in my whole family. I did, was privileged to see my mother filled with the Holy Ghost and baptized. Never saw my dad in church. Maybe one time to a funeral when I was very small. And then my older brother was in church, my older sister in church. But anyway, there's, there are families that which only one member of the whole family is in church. And that's, think of it, in Medora, Indiana, the big population of however many there are, 500? Is there 500 yet? Or is that much left? Do what? Oh, okay. Well, 400 then. Skip the dog and cats. But to think, sitting right here, uh, are those cream of the crop, if you will, part of those at least, that are born again according to the Bible. I know I'm, I'm, I know I'm being particular, uh, and I guess we have a right to be. Paul in the book of Romans 8 and verse 14 says, As many as are led by the Spirit of God, they are. As many as are led by the Spirit of God, they are the sons of God. Not those that follow, again, Preacher Sam or Prophet Bill or Dr. Sounding Brass again, but those that are led by the Spirit of God. Paul informs us that it is the Spirit that admits us to the family of God. It's the Spirit, Paul said in the book of Corinthians, 1 Corinthians 12 and verse 13, by one Spirit, by one Spirit, we are all baptized into one body. There's not 40, 11 churches. There's only one. There's not a half a dozen or a dozen or 200 bodies when it comes to the church and God's dealing. There's only one. It's his body. It's his church that he purchased with his own blood. The Spirit sets us apart from the world, be it the literal world, physical world, or spiritual world. Number two is sons of God. John says, 1 John 3, 2, Beloved, now are we the sons of God. I had some uh, dealings with a, with a man that's supposed to be a preacher for some several years, had some charts and different things, and we had the honor, the privilege of, of visiting him in his home. He took me down into his uh, basement, I guess you'd call it. But anyway, where he had the studies, and he, was, he taught that we're born again when the rapture takes place. We're born again then. We become sons of God then. And I listened to him. I talked to him. I never did convince him. But anyway, no, I'm a son of God now. I'm a son of God now. Jesus spoke of our being sons of God, which, which denotes a personal relationship. He's my father. He's my master. I'm his son. I'm his child. And becoming a son of God can be accomplished only through a new birth process being born again remember what jesus said in first in gospel of john 3 except a man be born of water and of the spirit i cannot enter into the kingdom of god he said nicodemus this is a new birth this is a new birth how can i be born again enter my second time my mom's womb no that which is born of the flesh is flesh but that which is born of god is spirit born again in 1 Peter 1 and 3, Peter says, Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, which according to his abundant mercy hath begotten us again unto a lively hope 
by the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead. We've been the word. We've been begotten by the word and through the uh, placing of the word of God, the seed of God's word into our heart, we are born again spiritually. It's through the resurrection power of Christ that we've been granted access to the family of God. Listen to what Paul said in Galatians 4, verses 5, 6, 7. To redeem them that were under the law, that we might receive the adoption of sons, because you are sons. God hath sent forth the spirit of his Son into your hearts, crying, Abba, Father, wherefore thou art no more a servant, but a son. And if a son, then an heir of God through Christ. We are heirs and joint heirs with Jesus Christ through the birth, a new birth process. As Gentiles, as you know, and we'll emphasize again, we don't belong here, not by physical right, not by a birthright, a physical birthright. We don't belong here. Paul said in Ephesians 2.12 that we were aliens, we were foreigners, we were without God, we were without hope in the world. That's what we were. But now, thanks be to God, through the new birth, again, we become sons of God and heirs and joint heirs. The number three thing is sealed. Ephesians 4 and 30, Paul says, we are sealed uh, unto the day of redemption by the Holy Spirit. Grieve not the Spirit of God. Grieve not that Spirit which seals us unto the day of redemption. Now, let me, let me elaborate this a little bit here. If I get my paper separated. That's why I need an iPad, but I don't know if I know how to operate it. But uh, I'd have to have a... I better not do that. But it, yeah, let me do it because it's kind of funny. Uh, I might have to have Brother Timothy up here and doing it, you know, <laughs> telling me. There's a dear preacher, bless his heart. He, he was practically blind. He had big old, big old Coca-Cola bottled bottoms glasses. You know what I'm talking about? Thick, thick, thick. He had them taped to his forehead because they were so heavy. And, and I'm almost sure that's who it was. But anyway, he had somebody standing beside him to, to help him because he couldn't see very well. And that fellow was whispering in his ear. You know, he was pointing his finger. He could tell where it ought to be and whatever, but it was hard for him to read. So that fellow was whispering in his ear what, he was, what, what, what the Bible was saying, and he said, move your finger. And he said, move your finger. Well, I guess I better not ask Brother Timothy to come up here. But anyway, anyway, this, this, the study of seal, the seals are so interesting. Let me mention some things, eight things that in, in regards to seal and the importance of a seal. First of all, it emphasizes possession. The seal declared this property belongs to the owner of the seal. I've been sealed. I've been sealed, which, of course, it's important to receive the Holy Spirit because it seals us. It seals. And number two, it shows protection. No one could claim that which was protected by a seal because the seal told who the owner was and it protected them. And if you broke the seal, you were in danger uh, of getting in trouble with the law. It'd be like stealing, wouldn't it? The psalmist says in Psalm 105, 14 and 15, he suffereth no man to do them wrong. Yea, he reproved kings for their sakes, saying, Touch not mine anointed, and do my prophets no harm. Don't touch mine anointed. If it's sealed, don't touch it. It doesn't belong to you. Remember those old times you've seen in movies or someplace where they would take a wax and melt it, or a candle even and melt it over a parchment of something? And then, then, and then they would take their seal and seal it, and that would seal it in the flap. And it was a courier would send it to whoever it was addressed to, and it better be unsealed when it got to where it was supposed to go. Another thing, the third thing, is it showed or denoted ownership. Without the Holy Ghost, we are not in possession of that seal. Ephesians 1.13 is very applicable. Paul said, in whom you also trusted after your heart, 
after that you heard the word of truth, the gospel of your salvation, in whom uh, also that you believed you were sealed, that Holy Spirit, sealed with that Holy Spirit of promise. And remember the words of, of the Lord when, when the devil came around in Job 1 and 2, when uh, uh, asked Jesus, the Lord asked him, said, have you considered my servant Job? I think, at least I get it, that there's some uh, expressions of pride in what God said about Job. He's mine. He's my servant. I believe God's looking at Medora Pentecostal Church tonight, and he says, they're mine. They're my blood bought. They're my spirit filled. They're bearing my name. I've sealed them. Devil, keep your hands off them. They belong to me. He, we're owned by him. The fourth thing, a seal would, was a guarantee of the contents that were sealed. And so the, the Holy Spirit is our guarantee and confirmation that we belong to Jesus Christ. Galatians 4 and 6 says, Because you are sons, God has sent forth the Spirit of His Son into your hearts, crying, Abba, Father. Abba, Father. And also in 1 John 4 and verse 13, I'm, I'm going through because I got so many more verses I want to get to. In 1 John 4 and 3, Hereby know we that we dwell in Him, and He in us, because He has given us of His Spirit. We're sealed. We belong to Him. The Holy Spirit emanates from the child of God, showing that we are in His possession, and we have in our, in our possession His glory, His blessings, His presence. We are manifesting, or at least that is, is the ideal, we are manifesting the Spirit of Christ. How many times, uh, maybe not every time, but how many times when I pray in the morning, it's, it's Lord, what I do today, and I'm praying for your, the church family as well, help us to be a witness. Help us to be Christ-like. Let us to manifest godliness, holiness, Christ-likeness. Let me, let me be Christ-like in conversation and conduct. Amen. Number five, a seal invests a document with, uh, with authority to show that, an example of this, to show the, this, this, this purpose here, this point. Esther chapter 8 and verse 10 wrote concerning Haman. Remember when he was going to get rid of Mordecai and all the Jews. The Bible says there, he wrote in the king Ahasuerus' name and sealed it with the king's ring. The king took his ring, gave it to Haman, and said, You write the document and you seal it. With, you have my authority. You have my authority. I have the authority to preach the gospel. I'm sealed by Christ. I, I have his authority. The Bible tells us uh, in the book of Mark 16 and 20 that we... Uh, they went forth, preached everywhere, the Lord working with them, confirming the word with signs following, sealed. And also another verse, Hebrews 2, 4, God also bearing them witness, both with signs and wonders and with divers miracles and gifts of the Holy Ghost according to his own will. We have been, and I'm not speaking for Emma Walls, I want to speak for Jesus Christ. I don't want to speak for the Walls family. I, I want to speak for Jesus Christ. That's the point, and I hope you understand why I'm saying it like that. In verse, in number six, a seal sets value on otherwise useless and valueless material. A seal makes it valuable. We are sealed by the Spirit, and we become precious, and we become important as a child of God. Our names were not in the lineage of Abraham so we're not important there but oh my my name is in the book of life amen so I'm important we don't belong among the inheritors of Abraham's promised blessings we were as Paul put it again in Rome in Ephesians 2 and 12 aliens to the commonwealth of Israel strangers the covenants of promise having no hope without God in this world we were not of value to the kingdom of Abraham or the life or family of Abraham we had no uh, part in it but we are valuable and a part of the family of God and thus the importance of receiving the Holy Ghost to be a part of 
are involved with the family of God. Number seven, a seal needs yielding material on which to work. God's not going to pour his spirit down your throat. God's not going to drag somebody off of the street into the church and say, buddy, you're going to get the Holy Ghost whether you want it or not. It doesn't work that way. There's got to be a yielding. There's got to be a submission. There's got to be a hunger. There's got, how was it Jesus said, blessed are they which hunger and thirst after righteousness for they shall be filled. Amen. So uh, material clay, of course, or again, the, the wax retained the seal's imprint because it was soft. So as I, it is with our heart that must be yielded to the influence of the Spirit, humble. God said, where's that prophet that said that God would work with a broken and contrite spirit? How was, and again, who was it? That, was it Peter that said, humble yourselves under the hand of God or something like that? Anyway. God, if we are proud and stubborn, we're not going to receive the Holy Ghost. Never, 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 never. Amen. We walked in the flesh. We lived by the flesh and the conviction of the Spirit. It was the conviction of the Spirit that wooed us or pulled us. The softness of our heart allowed the Spirit to stamp on it our commitment to live for God. And then one more, number eight reason, or about the seal. A seal reproduces its own image on formless clay. The seal reproduces its own image. Remember when, when the, when the uh, critics of Jesus said, are we to pay taxes to Caesar or not? Remember what Jesus did? Give me a penny. Show me a penny. Whose superscription is on that penny? Well, that's Caesar's. Uh-huh. Render to Caesar that which is Caesar's and to God that which is his. And so, and of course, on our coinage, we have images of presidents and, and, and even got a buffalo. Isn't that what it is on one of them? Anyway, I uh, haven't got a mule on any of them, I don't think. But anyway, it produces its own image on, on, on formless clay. Paul said in 2 Corinthians 3.18, But we all, with open face, beholding as in a glass the glory of the Lord, are changed from we are changed into the same image, his image, in, from glory to glory, even as the Spirit of the Lord. We are changed from glory to glory by his Holy Spirit. I've been stamped with him. Amen. Now, get back to the, the, the reasons. Number four reason is the earnest. Ephesians 1, verses 13, 14, Paul said, In whom also you trusted that after you heard the word of truth, the gospel of your salvation, in whom also after that you believed, you were sealed with that Holy Spirit of promise, which is the earnest of our inheritance until the redemption of the purchased possession and the praise of his glory. So the Holy Ghost is the earnest of that inheritance. And the reason we emphasize it, because you know what an earnest is. It's a down payment. We're going to give you this much until we get possession of the full possession. And then we'll, then we'll give you the rest. The Holy Spirit, we could call it a down payment. It's the earnest of the full inheritance that's waiting. And oh my, what, what is waiting for us? And when the full inheritance is going to be possessed... Paul or Peter put it this way in 1 Peter chapter 1, verse 4, to an inheritance incorruptible, undefiled, fadeth not away, reserved in heaven for you. Why can't I have it now, Lord? All you can have now is the earnest. But if you'll be faithful, I'll give it all to you by and by. It's reserved. It's reserved. It's reserved. If one has not received the earnest, here's the point. If we have not received the earnest, how can we expect to receive the fullness of the promise that God has given to us in his word? He has promised us that in heaven there are glories waiting us, a street of gold and gates of pearl, if you will. In my Father's house are many mansions. I've gone to prepare a place for you. But in order for you to get that, you need to get this. And this is just a taste of what that is going to be like. By and by. Woo! I want to go. The fifth reason we need the Holy Ghost is for enlightenment. 
John 16, verses 13 and 14. Howbeit when he, the spirit of truth, is come, he will guide you into all truth. For he shall not speak of himself, but whatsoever he shall hear, that shall he speak, and he, shall, he will show you things to come. He shall glorify me, for he shall receive of mine and shall show it unto you. How many times have we scratched our head and wondered and quizzed, quizzed ourselves or others, why is it? Why is it that tremendous speakers, tremendous speakers, that, that, are, that I was watching one on Facebook or someplace just today, this, do I, maybe I shouldn't call names, but anyway, his name, you, you know the man, Brother Jeffries, Jeffries, a Baptist pastor in Dallas, is it? Somewhere in Texas, who is a very close uh, a, a associate of our president. He's prayed with our president. He's been with our president. And yet, you know, he has a tremendous, he's a pastor of a tremendous church. And I think, Brother Jeffrey, Mr. Jeffries, why can't you see Jesus' name baptism? He was emphasizing God. He was emphasizing Jesus being, being God. Emphasizing. And then he'd say the Son of God, which he is the Son of God, but he's more than just, well, anyway, God help me. Uh, but and we wonder why I do why people that are educated enough they have degrees on their office wall but yet they don't see the importance the necessity of Acts 2 and 38 why and here I am a cotton picker and cotton chopper from southeast Missouri I better not say how much I went to school. That's not necessary. But to think that God would choose somebody like me to fill with his spirit and allow me to be in his church. Oh, my. And that's another thing I tell the Lord ever so often. God, I'm so I'm honored to be involved in kingdom work. What an honor. What a privilege. What a blessing. Amen. Amen. But a, but a, but a, but a, a Billy Graham, a... a, a I'm, I'm calling names here, and I'm, I'm a Chuck Swindoll. He used to be one of my my favorites until I read one of his last books, a Laster a Laster book. But anyway, he's no longer my favorite. But anyway, uh, these tremendous men that that have such tremendous influence, and yet they don't accept Acts two thirty eight. Can't you see it? Sure, you can see it. You read it, and yet there are those like we were in a fellowship meeting many moons ago. And one of those fellowship meetings where everybody there that claimed to be a preacher said something. And even the Trinitarian was there. He got up behind the pulpit and he went on Acts chapter 2. And he started talking about it. He got down to verse 37. Brent, what shall we do? And he said, I'm going to skip verse 38. That belongs to you Pentecostal people. But I'm not going to skip any verse. Amen. He was admitting his ignorance. But amen. Where did I get to? Earnest enlightenment enlightenment paul said in, in colossians 1 and verse 9 for this cause we also since the day we heard it do not cease to pray for you and to desire that ye might be filled with the knowledge of his will in all wisdom and spiritual understanding that's what we should do and i'm not i'm not hoping you're not accepting it like that and i don't mean it like that when i mention Jerry Falwell by name is his, his boy now, or, or Chuck Swindoll, or, or Jeffries, or whatever. I don't mean that in, in, how do I mean it? Praying for them. Wouldn't it be a tremendous thing if T.D. Jakes started preaching Jesus' name, baptism, the necessity of being filled with the Holy Ghost? I know he claims to be one God, claims to be, I get, but anyway, wouldn't it be an awesome thing if, 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 if uni, uh, Liberty University started declaring Jesus' name baptism? Wouldn't that be awesome? And the necessity of be filled with, think of the effect and influence it could have, not only in, on Virginia, but on the whole United States and the world. And the thing would, same would be applicable to these mega churches. And, and that, that, that Osteen felt of that, you know, that's sugary. Well, anyway, uh, this enlightenment is not to be acquired, again, through the reading of, of books and listening to Dr. Sounding Brass and Professor Tinkling Symbol. You know, again, God help us. God help us. But I'm so thankful 
Okay. I am so thankful that we're privileged to be a recipient of God's blessings. The Bible tells us in Luke chapter 24, verse 45, listen to what, what it said uh, concerning the apostles. Then opened he their understanding that they might understand the scriptures. You see, even the apostles, they had walked with him for three years. Listen to the greatest teacher that ever walked on this earth. And yet when prior to the Lord's crucifixion, and his rather not prior to his crucifixion, after his crucifixion, prior to his ascension, the Bible says he opened then their understanding. Oh God, would that the would that the understanding of these great men that I'm referred to tonight could be opened. What an influence. What an influence. Would that the understanding of, of some of some of us, I pray every day for my sisters. One of them particularly is so wrapped up. In, in, in church and in religion, but they don't have the Holy Ghost. They're not baptized in Jesus' name. Oh, God, draw them to an apostolic church somehow. Amen. Open their understanding. But in order for their understanding to be open, they've got to want and want to and desire a deeper walk. They've got to desire a truth. It's not going to just fall upon them out of heaven. There's got to be that, that hunger. Without the Holy Spirit... I guess I know we could say, I'm saying, without the Holy Spirit, this book is just a book. Without the Holy Spirit, it's just black letters on white paper without the Holy Spirit. In order to understand that book, people must have the spirit of the author of that book have this understanding open. There are times in our life when we're faced with the obstacles that we don't understand in which direction to take. And the Spirit helps us to know the will of God even after we've received the Holy Ghost. Amen. But anyway, number six, I need to hurry. Number six is for strength. The Holy Spirit is that which gives us strength to battle the lives, fight the battles of life. It's the Holy Spirit that gives us authority over the enemy. Bible in Luke 10 and 9 says we have the authority to tread on serpents and scorpions over all the power of the enemy and nothing shall by any means hurt you. We're more than conquerors through him that loved us. Ephesians 3, 16, he would grant you according to the riches of his glory to be strengthened with might by his spirit in the inner man. Strengthen means to empower. We're no match for the enemy without the Holy Spirit. But with the Holy Spirit, look out, devil, here I come. Amen. When we receive the Spirit, we receive power to conquer in the battles of life and that will, the enemy will bring upon us. John tells us, 1 John 4, 4, You are of God, little children have overcome them because greater is he that is in you than he that's in the world. Child of God, you have power. You have authority. If you have the Holy Ghost, you have authority. You have power. Amen. The devil... The devil, the devil cannot destroy you. The devil cannot destroy you. Greater is he that's in you than he that's in the world. The only way the devil can destroy you is if you let him. But I'm not going to let him. Amen. I got my hand in his hand. Paul said in Romans 8, 31, What shall we then say to these things? If God be for us, who can be against us? It is God's Holy Spirit, the Spirit of Christ, Colossians 1:27, that dwells in us and gives us strength and power to conquer in the battles of life. Yes, Amen. Number seven reason we need the Holy Ghost is for guidance. Paul in Romans 8:14 said, As many as are led by the Spirit of God, they are the sons of God. We walk in a world that's filled with chaos and confusion. Without the Holy Spirit, we can become lost in the maze of life. Religiously, if we don't come to church, if we don't pray, if, we, if we're not faithful to God, if we don't do those things that we know, we have been taught and understand, and, and the devil will attack us from our weakness and our weak moments and drag us back into our world of sin and chaos if we allow him to. But if we'll come to church, if we'll pray, if we'll do those things we know we need to do as a child of God, the devil is no match for us. 
because we have a guide to de direct us through this confusion. Psalmist 37, 23, the, Psalm said, the psalmist said, the steps of a good man are ordered by the Lord, and he delighteth in his way. Oh, God, direct my steps where I go, what I get involved with, the decisions I make. Amen. 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 Um, Am I good? Oh, tell me something else. Uh, in Acts 16, let me hurry. Acts 16, verses 6. No, let me skip. Let me, let me skip. Let me skip that one. And let me skip the next one. Uh, but, but, but let me have Psalm 119 and 105, where the psalmist says, the, Thy word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. Thy word, thy word. Allow the Spirit to guide our steps, and you'll never get lost in this maze of confusion in this world. Number eight. I'm getting close to the end. Number eight, and I got, is it 30 minutes to go? <clears throat> no, <laughs> no, number eight. Now, number eight, I'm getting down to the nitty-gritty now. Two, two, two more reasons, and these I don't, I started to say the most important, maybe that's not, but it seems to me very powerful, at least is to me. Number eight reason we need the Holy Ghost is because without the Holy Spirit, we're none of His. And to me, that's, that's a shocker. That really, that really digs deep into my heart, my spirit. The Bible says in Romans 8 and 9, Now if any man have not the Spirit of Christ, he is none of His. Hmm. Those that were under the law, they had to prove their lineage. Remember the time in Joshua when they were dividing the land? And they had the people had to come by, by, by tribe, by family, and whatever. And there were some that they didn't have a lineage. They didn't have a record of lineage. And they were put aside. They wanted, they wanted uh, territory. But they had to be told, you're not in the lineage. You're not in the record. You're not a part of it. You have to be put aside. My, my. So anyway, in order for us to enter glory, we got we, we got to be in the book, folks. I want to be his. Part of The right of inheritance was in the name. It's when we we're baptized in the name of Jesus Christ, we become identified with him. And receiving his Holy Spirit, that bonds us together with him through the new birth process. And thereby we become heirs and joint heirs with Jesus Christ. So the new birth is essential to our inheritance. The new birth of spirit, water, blood that constitutes the new birth and places us into the body of Christ. Uh, our natural family relationship may be identified through our blood, through the, what is it, DNA? Is that what it is? Uh, anyway, our genetic line, but our spiritual family relationship is only identified through the name and the spirit of our Savior by the indwelling of the Holy Spirit. The Bible tells us in Romans, listen to this verse. Now this is another, to me, powerful verse. Paul said in the book of 1 Corinthians chapter 12 and verse 3, no man, look at that, no man, well there it is, wherefore I give you to understand that no man speaking by the Spirit of God calleth Jesus accursed and that no man can say that Jesus is Lord, but how? But by the Holy Ghost. Oh my. But oh, I confess he's my Lord. If you don't have the Holy Ghost, you can confess on all day and all night till you're blue in the face. But if you don't have the Holy Ghost, he's not your Lord. He's not your Lord. Amen. It's not possible to claim Jesus as master of your life if you have not received his spirit. It is his spirit that controls our actions. It directs our steps in his will through this world of darkness and evil it's only through the birth of the spirit that we become a child of God his body is a spiritual body and to over, and to become a member of that body we must be born of the spirit our relationship with Jesus Christ is a spiritual relationship you cannot claim the Lord as your Lord without the Holy Ghost amen when you become part of the Medora Pentecostal Church you were not asked by a pastor 
our church secretary to sign the church roll. No, no. I know it's good and we need church rolls. We need to know who's who and what's what. But my point is, signing a church roll doesn't do anything except put your name on a piece of paper. But when you're filled with the Holy Ghost, that puts your name in the book of life. And that's where we need to have it. The last but not least, and maybe even the more, most important, number nine reason we need the Holy Ghost is because of what Paul tells us uh, in Ephesians 2 and 1, for instance. He said, you hath he quickened who were dead in trespasses and sin. You who were dead, that was us, who were dead. That was our condition spiritually. And then in verse 12, uh, that's not on the list there, but in verse 12, Paul goes on to say that we, uh, we've quoted it before. We were aliens. We were strangers. Uh, we were having no hope without God in this world prior to that. We had no hope. There was no written law for Gentiles, for us, in relation to a, a salvation. The life and death and resurrection of Christ through the, uh, brought to the Gentile family life from among the dead. And it's the spirit of Jesus Christ that res resurrected us to life everlasting. We've experienced a spiritual resurrection. And because of our present condition now, uh, we're a part of the family of Christ. We now share in the hope of a physical resurrection tomorrow when that trumpet sounds and the Lord calls us to meet him in the air. We've had a spiritual one. We've been born twice. We're waiting to be born again. Amen, eternally, born spiritually. Romans 8 and verse 11, this, this is the last verse, and again, probably to me the most potent one, where Paul said, but if the Spirit that raised Christ, raised up Christ, that raised up Jesus from the dead, if the Spirit of him that raised up Jesus from the dead dwell in you, if it does, if it does, what if it doesn't, Lord? If it does, he that raised up Christ from the dead shall also quicken your mortal bodies by his spirit that dwelleth in you. If we just had this verse, if we just used this verse alone tonight to emphasize the importance and necessity of the Holy Spirit, this ought to be sufficient to convince us, I need the Holy Ghost. I must have the Holy Ghost. Because one of these days, the Lord's coming. We have that promise over and over and over again in the Bible. He's coming back. One of these days, a trumpet's going to sound. And the dead in Christ, as Paul put it in Ephesians, or Thessalonians 4, 1 Thessalonians 4, 16. The dead in Christ are going to rise first. And we which are alive and remain shall be caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air. Amen. A trumpet's going to sound. A call is going to be made. And God's going to move us, pick us up, if you will, change us. But if we don't have the Spirit, that's not going to happen. That's not going to happen. If it's the Spirit that raised him from the dead, dwells in me, it's going to raise me. Whether I'm in the grave or walking around on two feet, it's going to raise me. But if I don't have the Holy Ghost... I'm not going. I'm not going. Is that plain enough and yet sincere enough and honest enough and, 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 and loving enough? We need the Holy Ghost, folks. If you don't have the Holy Ghost, I say with love and sincerity and all the compassion I have, you need the Holy Ghost. I want you to have the Holy Ghost. God wants you to have the Holy Ghost. Amen. Because if you don't have the Holy Ghost, you're not going when the trumpet sounds. I know that's plain, but I don't know how else, to, how else I need to say it. If we're not filled with the Holy Ghost, it's the Holy Spirit. That word quicken means make alive. Make alive. Again, spiritually, if you don't have the Holy Ghost, you're not going. You're not going. Hadn't you rather somebody told you the truth and be frank about it rather than pat you on the back and say, oh, you're a pretty good gal. You're a pretty good fellow. No, I want to tell you the truth. I want to say it with all sincerity and honestness. 
You need to be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ because Acts 2.38 tells us. You need to be filled with the Holy Ghost because Acts 2.38 tells us. Romans chapter 8 and verse 11 tells us. Because if when the trumpet sounds and the church is taken, if you don't have the Holy Ghost, you're not going up. You're going to be left in this world. And you're going to go through tribulation. You're going to face the mark of the beast. You're going to face all kinds of trouble. And you're going to wind up on that great day of judgment being lost eternally. Stand with me, please. Oh, Lord, I want to be saved. I want to go to heaven. I want to make sure. I want to be your child. I want to be a recipient of your blessings, God. Oh, Lord, I want to feel what, what, what I see others feeling. I want to have what this church family has. I want to feel what they feel. I want to be a, your child, oh God. I want to know that I'm safe and saved. I want to know that I'm going to heaven. I'm going to walk on the street of gold. I want to know, God, I'm born again. I want to be sure, Lord, that I've obeyed all that I need to obey to be your child tonight. Hallelujah. God loves you tonight. God loves you tonight. If you're here without being baptized in Jesus' name, if there's not water in the tank, there can be in the baptistry. If you have never received the Holy Ghost, you can receive it this very night. Amen. It doesn't take a big hurrah. It doesn't take a lot of shouting, a lot of singing, a lot of stomping. All it takes is just to surrender to the Spirit of God. God, I want to have what those people have. I want to have what those people have. I want to feel what those people feel. I want to praise you, Lord. Hallelujah. And be your child tonight. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you for joining us today. We pray you have been encouraged. If you would like more information about Medora Pentecostal Church, you can check out our website at www.medorachurch.com. Set me, set me, set me.